So I said last week for the next few weeks, we're going to look through Hebrews chapter 11. So we're going to look at Hebrews 11 verses 8 through 10 today. And so let's see, we are in the third, the third Sunday of 2020. And so I am hoping that for those of you who have made your New Year's resolutions, that you are still on track, you know, three Sundays in. I, I saw a guy, he had posted something that said, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I still fit into my clothes from 2019. Uh, so that is a victory for a lot of people. Now, I know that as we, uh, you know, as we kind of move into a new year, some of the resolutions that we make are, you know, that we are going to be, uh, that we're going to be in better health, we're going to be in better shape, we're going to eat better, all those different things. And so people really kind of get into this like diet mode and eating right. And, and sometimes those things can work out well. Other times it's just really easy to kind of fall off of the wagon rather quickly. And if you've ever tried to diet before and it didn't work, y'all, that's been going, you're not alone. I mean, that's been going on for years. I actually read a story about William the Conqueror. Uh, he was the king of England about a thousand years ago. Apparently he was a rather large man and he decided to go on a diet and he tried a diet called the all-alcohol diet. Uh, not very successful. He ended up falling off of his horse, uh, killed him. Uh, when they tried to bury him, he did not fit in his sarcophagus. So that, you not good. Um, I, the, probably my favorite diet I heard of was uh, Elvis Presley tried the Sleeping Beauty diet. And that is a diet where you just get so sedated that you're like asleep for three days and you don't eat. Uh, which, you lose weight doing that. The problem is when you wake up, you want to make up for lost time. And so, you know, we have all these strange diets, and we, we know this. If a diet's going to work, it's just eat healthy, exercise, and just be consistent. Now, I think for a lot of us as believers, those of us who are Christians, we have a desire to try anything that we can in order to make us closer to God. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that's a great goal to have. But I think a lot of us, we are looking for instantaneous fixes, and we think, if I just do this, and I'm going to be instantly mature. I'm going to have spiritual maturity in just a couple of days. But what I learn is that, that that is not the way that it happens. If you're going to grow spiritually, what you do is you just simply look into God's Word, you put it into practice, you place your trust and your faith in Christ, and you hang in there with Him. And so that's why today we are continuing our series, 2020, Walk by Faith, Not by Sight. And what we're going to see is that when we talk about faith, faith is something that we, that, that we don't just talk about. Faith is to be something that is active. Uh, faith is something that is a part of your life. It is something that moves in your life. And so today in our scripture, we're going to see some qualities that make faith move, that make faith active. And I think for, for many of us, it's, it's kind of hard to describe exactly what, you know, what faith is. You know, I'll have people ask me questions like, well, what does your faith do for you? You know, how, how do you know that you are a person of faith? And, and that can be a hard question to answer, but we're going to look at a man named Abraham in our scripture today, and we're going to see that Abraham is a man who kind of gives us a handle of what a faith looks like that is active. And so that's why we're going to look in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8, and our text kind of uh, gives us some background information on Abraham. Uh, from the information we learn, we know that he was a great man of faith. 
uh, we discover that he was a man who knew what God's will was for his life. And as Abraham decided to move in faith, there were some times in his life in moving in faith when it was, it was costly. But if he was going to move in faith, that it, it involved him being active, and it was something that was scary. And yet, it brought great blessings into his life. And so the question I have for me, and, and also for you, is, is to know this. First of all, that God has a plan for your life. And if God has a plan for your life, are you willing to act on it? Are you willing to place your trust in him and say, God, I'm going to move in my faith and not just talk about it? So what I want us to do today is I just want us to look at a few qualities of what a faith that moves looks like. And, and here's the very first thing I see is that it, it involves responsiveness. If you have faith, your faith is going to move you to being responsive to God. Now look with me in verse number 8. It says, by faith Abraham... When he was called, obeyed, and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, there is no reason that is given to us in the Bible as to why God chose to work through Abraham. If you go back to the book of Genesis, Abraham's name pops up the first time right after the story of the Tower of Babel. Are you all familiar with that story? So right after that, Abraham's mentioned. And then in Genesis chapter 12, right after that, verses 1 through 3, we're told this. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And then God told him, He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And God said, and I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So what God shared with Abraham, he just picks Abraham. says, Abraham, I'm going to move you from where you are. And I'm going to put you into a new land. And I'm going to make out of you and your family a great nation. That's, that's really good news. That's kind of neat. God speaks to him. You're going to be a man who's going to be the father of a great nation. But the kind of catch, the catch in all of this is that when God told Abraham this, he's like 70 years old. And I'm sure from Abraham's perspective, there had to be some sort of thought of, hey, you know what, this isn't really a time for me to be real aggressive. You know, I'm 70. You know, this is a time for me to start slowing down a little bit, sort of enjoying the fruits of my labor, and yet now God is calling me to get up and to be active. Now, now here's the thing about faith. Faith is not to be practiced just by young people. Did you know that God calls all people, regardless of their age, to be active in their faith? We're, we're constantly called to place our faith in the leadership of God. Now, the big question is, well, how, how are we going to respond? When God calls us to be a people of faith, are we going to be responsive or not? Well, I like to see how Abraham responded. If, if you look at verse number 8, this is a great part of verse number 8. It says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, what did he do? It says, he obeyed and went out. The implication here is that as soon as Abraham understood what God was calling for him to do, he began to pack. He got ready 
to move. He was responsive to God's calling in his life. He didn't start making excuses. Say, God, hey, I've lived here a really long time. Lord, my family's here. Lord, I'm, I'm getting old. It's not time for me to move. What we see is that Abraham was willing to go. And I promise you, being a man of faith for Abraham here, on a lot of levels, it's not, it wasn't real convenient. I mean, he lived in the land of Ur. He lived in the city of Ur. Now, that was, you know, that was a, it, was a, it was a metropolitan uh, gem in the ancient world. 250,000 people lived there. It was a place of civilization. It was a place of great learning. And so God's calling him to leave there and to go someplace that he didn't even know about. Uh, it was a place where Abraham's family lived. And he was going to be leaving his family. This, was, this is Abraham's retirement plan, y'all. This is his family. He doesn't have children. And so the ones who were going to take care of him as he got older were going to be his family. And yet here, God is saying, I want you to leave even them. Now, I, it would have been totally understandable to me if he would have said, hey, Lord, you're going to need to pick somebody else. You know, I, I'm too old for this mission. Lord, I, I, and not only that, I really don't know you all that well. But that's not what Abraham did. It says that he got up and he started packing. You see, his faith was not just something that you talked about. His faith was something that you do, that you act on. Uh, there is a, an old story about a man, a, a ferryman, and he would take people across the river in his boat. And uh, he had a, a paddle boat, and one oar said faith, and then on the other one it said works. And so there's this age-old dilemma, you know, how do faith and works, how do they kind of match up? And so a guy saw it, and he said, why do you have faith on one oar, and then it says works on the other one? The ferryman didn't say anything. He just had the guy in his boat, and he pulled out the, the faith oar, and he began to row. And as he did, the boat just simply went in a circle. It didn't get anywhere. And then he put it down, and he grabbed the works oar. He began to row on the other side, and it went in a circle the other way, and they didn't get anywhere. But when he used them together, what do you think happened? They were able to move and go downstream. Now, the point's pretty simple here. It's really easy to see. It takes both faith and works to get anywhere in the Christian life. Doing is evidence that you believe. And if we desire to see God move in our lives, then our faith that we say that we have has to be backed up with action. And that's what we see with Abraham. We see that the quality of the faith that he had, is, there was responsiveness there. But here's another quality of a faith that moves that we see in Abraham's life, and it was, it was very simple. It was trust. Faith for you and for me in God means that we actually trust God enough to do what he says. Now, now look with me in, in verse number 8. It says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. God promised to give him land. It says, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, I love this verse. I mean, first of all, we see Abraham was responsive to God's calling on his life. I mean, he packed up, he was ready to go, but this is my favorite part of the verse. It says, he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, I bet you every lady in here is saying, that's so typical. That sounds exactly like a guy. Now, let me tell you, I'm, I'm all for planning. You know, if I'm going to do something, I like to know, if, hey, if I'm going to do it, 
then it's going to be something that is going to work. And I think that is I think there's some wisdom there in doing that. But whenever I look at Abraham, it, it seems like he goes against a safe plan. God called him to leave the land of Ur, his hometown, and go. And we're told that Abraham got up and he left, and in verse number 8, even though he did not know where he was going. Okay, now as a fairly, I like to think of myself as being fairly practical. That's, that's a crazy plan. Hey, honey, let's pack up. We're moving. Where are we going? No idea. Now, are you all in on that? And I look and I say, that this guy is crazy for what he did. Well, it's not that he's crazy. He had faith. He said, God called me to do this. And if God calls me to do something as I respond in faith, then God is going to reveal the rest of his plan to me as I move in faith. Now, I really believe this. I believe God wanted Abraham to get out of the land of Ur for a couple of reasons. One, I think the land of Ur, it was a comfort zone for him. And if God was really going to speak to him and move him, he had to move him beyond his comfort zone. It was also a place, it was a place where they worshiped foreign gods. And so God wanted to get him out of his old way of life so that he could begin to develop a new life. So that Abraham could respond and trust in God's leadership. You know, if, if you decide that you're going to move in faith, it means that you have to be willing to give up your old life in order to have a new way of life that God gives. Now, you, you have to think about that for a second. Did you, know that, did you know God does the same thing with you? That God calls you to leave the old and to trust Him for the new. God will call you, when it comes to the way that you used to live, He will call you to burn the bridges of your past in the way that you live so that you can move forward and walk with Him. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very biblical concept. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It says the old, what happens to the old things? They're to pass away. But behold, the new things have come. I like the way that John MacArthur, a pastor in California, said it. He said, the life of faith begins with a willingness to leave one's err one's own place of sin and unbelief to leave the system of the world. Now, now what is the err in your life that you need to let go of? So that you can move beyond your past and begin to trust God for your future. What are some things in your past, maybe what are some things, some sins that are in your life that you're still hanging on to that you need to let go of so that you can be under the leadership of Christ. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. If you desire for your faith to grow, it's going to require you to trust God for the future and say, God, I'm willing to let go of those things that I've had so much comfort in. You know, a few weeks ago, there were, there were 30, let's see, 36 of us uh, from, from Village Church that went to Israel. And when we were in Israel, one of the places that we visited was the Dead Sea. Now, I, I, should have, I should have had a picture ready to show you all of us uh, floating in the Dead Sea, but we looked so good in our bathing suits, I decided not to show you all. And uh, so what's really interesting about the Dead Sea is it's, 11, it's about 11 times saltier than the ocean. 
And so whenever you get into the Dead Sea, and I've told you all this before, but, I, and it's, but it's weird. I mean, you get in and you immediately, you pop up on top of the water. You, I mean, it's like a, you know, whenever you throw in, if you fish and you fish with a bobber, you know, you throw that bobber in and it just, bounce, it just sort of floats on top of the water. It's exactly what it's like when you get in the Dead Sea. And so you just, you know, everybody's getting on their backs. And they just shoot straight up. We had a couple of guys. James was acting like Superman. He's floating on top of the water. But there was this one lady. She was not in our group. And uh, she got in the water, and she got some of that salt in her eyes. And, and she went into panic mode. You all remember that lady? Because she goes into panic mode, and, and she starts trying to swim. And she thinks she's drowning. She's thrashing around, splashing water around. And I'm sitting there watching her because I have, I have great wisdom. And I'm watching, I was like, you need to calm down. Uh, because you're not getting anywhere. I mean, you're not drowning. Y'all, there is, nobody has drowned in the Dead Sea ever. You can't drown in there. If you do, you deserve to drown. I'm, I'm kidding, you don't. But she, she was thrashing around. And, uh, and it was just like, if she would just simply calm down, the water would have taken care of her. And she could have easily glided over to safety to the shore. Well, the same thing's true with us. You know, we have the power of God that is underneath us, supporting us, and yet so many times we begin to thrash around in this life and we go into panic mode. We're trying to handle everything ourselves when God is simply saying, relax and just trust in me. And and here's here's what I've learned. I've I've learned that whenever I trust God, it's good. It's, it's always good when I trust God. But I, I don't discover that until I trust God. You know, and I've, I've shared, this is an old example for you, but I, I still remember when, when God called us to begin Village Church. Not, that was hard to do because we didn't see the future. But you know what? We, we just decided to go ahead and we're, we're going to trust God. And you know what we learned? It's good. You know, God has given us, God gave our church, which blows my mind, basically a city block campus in downtown Columbia. And I remember the first time I walked in that building, it's it's so big. And I was totally intimidated by it. I was like, this just, I mean, y'all, and I'm I'm so skeptical, and I walk in, and somebody, when people begin to talk and they're down there, I just see dollar bills coming out of their mouth. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I watched that, but, but you know what? I, be, I believe this. God gave it to us, and so we're going to trust Him. And here's what I believe. It's going to be good. It's going to be good, but we won't discover that until we're willing to trust. So, so a quality of, of a faith that moves is there's responsiveness, there's trust. And if you want a faith that moves, here's another quality. It's persistence. It's a persistent faith. In in verse number 9, I'll read the last two verses. It says, By faith he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now I want us to focus really on on these two verses. There's two parts of the verse that really kind of grab my attention. And the first part is where we're told that by faith, Abraham stayed on as a foreigner living in tents. Now, you know, Abraham left his homeland. He left a place of permanence to go to this land that God promised him. But when he went there, he did not immediately receive the land. God said, I'm going I'm to give you this land. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. 
Abraham goes there. Well, what we discover is when he goes there, where's he living? He's living in a tent. Now, even in Abraham's day, that was not a place that was a permanent dwelling. Only nomads did that. They moved around from place to place. And if that's me, if I'm Abraham, I'm getting frustrated here. God, you said I would have this land, and here I am. I'm living in a tent. But then I, I look at the key part of that verse, and it says, but he stayed on. Why? I mean, I'm living in a tent. Why am I staying on? It's real simple. Because God promised. God gave a promise, and he had faith that God would keep his word. Now, I like to think because he stayed on, you know, he stayed on, he showed God, hey, I'm staying here, that God blessed him by giving him the land in his lifetime. He didn't. Did you know that, that Abraham, the entire time that Abraham was alive, did you know the, there was only one piece of property that he owned in all of that land? Do you know what it was? His graveyard. He only owned a little piece of property that he could bury his family in. Genesis 23, 7-9 says, Then Abraham rose, bowed down to the Hittites, the people of that land, and he said to them, If you're willing for me to bury my dead, Listen to me and ask Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf to give me the cave of Machpelah that belongs to him. It's at the end of his field. And let him give it to me in your presence for the full price as a burial. Okay, now what did God promise Abraham? The promised land. What did Abraham get? A graveyard. I'm looking at that thinking, hmm, think he didn't get a good deal there. You know, thinking that God didn't really fulfill a complete promise there for Abraham. To make a great nation out of you, I'm going to give you the land, and he got a graveyard. What did Abraham do? He stayed on. Why? Verse 10. Because he was looking forward to the city. What city are we talking about here? The Bible says the city that God built. What city is that? Heaven. He's looking forward to heaven. You know, we can look forward to the same thing. You know, John 14, 1 through 3, remember what Jesus said? Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, there are times whenever God will call for us to move, he will call for us to put our faith in action, and yet we're not going to see immediate results. Do you know that? God will say move, but you're not going to see anything immediately. Have you ever prayed for something and you didn't see it happen? Has that ever happened to you all? That's me. You ever prayed for somebody to experience healing and it didn't happen? You ever prayed for God to work out some relationship in your life, some problem in your life to bring healing there? It didn't happen. Now, when, that, when those things happen, it, it is very easy to become very frustrated and to get to a point where we say, I don't think God knows what's going on. I don't think God hears me. I don't think God understands. Nothing new is happening in my life. Now, if you've ever felt that way, let me tell you, you're not alone. You see it in the Bible. Think about Abraham. 
Hebrews 11, he never saw the promise of the promised land in his lifetime. Now, does that seem weird to you? It does to me. So how, does, how did he handle it? Matter of fact, if you read through Hebrews 11, it's the same story over and over again. A promise that they did not see fulfilled. But Hebrews 11.13 says, And all these people died in faith without having received the promise. But they saw them from a distance. They greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. God gave a promise We might not see it, but because God promised it, we believe it. That is faith. You know, I I love the story. There's an author named Craig Larson. He told a story about the Pioneer 10 satellite, and I think it was launched like in 1972. When it was launched, the goal was for it to go out and to uh, get close to Jupiter and beam back data. And they they knew once it got kind of past Jupiter that this asteroid belt, they thought it would destroy the Pioneer 10. It was only designed to last for three years. But once it hit Jupiter, it it just kept going. As a matter of fact, it ended up going a billion miles past the sun, passed by Saturn, being back data, kept going for another couple of billion miles, passed by Neptune, still sending back data, went over 4 billion miles past the sun into Pluto's range. 25 years after it was launched, it was still working. Now, the thing that was interesting is it was powered by an 8-watt transmitter. Now, I'm not an electrical guy, but what I learned is an 8-watt transmitter is what is used to power your nightlight. It was not designed to go that far, and yet it did. Y'all, that that is what happens to us when we give ourselves over in faith to God. He takes regular, ordinary people who were designed just for this day. Boy, he makes our lives count and matter for an eternity. But that, that, that can only happen when we are people who have faith and trust in him. See, God can't work through people who don't trust in him can't work through people who give up and quit. Abraham continued on in faith even when he didn't see it. You know, that's what, if you go back to Hebrews 11, once, what we talked about last week, it says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Faith is not just talk. Hey, I'm a person of faith. Now, it's good to say that, but for it to really be faith, it has to be com- com- uh, combined with action. An act of faith. What are the qualities of an act of faith? It's responsive, it trusts, and it's persistent. So in saying all that, here's the questions, the big one. Is your faith, is it moving? You know, when you say you have faith in Jesus, is your faith, is it, is it active? Because if not, you need to put it in action. Let your actions back up your faith. You know, instead of just us talking about, you know, people really need Jesus, and people do, put action behind that. Why don't you begin to pray for people that you know who need Jesus and pray that God will make their heart sensitive to the things of God. Pray that God will use you in order to be an influence for them on Christ. Invite them. Pray that God will give you the opportunity to invite them into the church. Instead of whining about how Christians and the church is just a bunch of hypocrites, let me encourage you to do something. 
attention, you quit being a hypocrite. But you start serving, serve people. We say that we love people, do, do you do it? And this is for me. Do I actually go out and do it? You know, we have a C4 ministry. Or if you go out into our, into our foyer, there are different areas where you can begin to sign, sign up and begin to plug in and say, my faith is not just going to be talk, it's going to be action. You, know, you may want to be a part of that, that new campus in, in downtown Columbia at Park Street so that you can serve in that neighborhood there. But again, your faith isn't just talking. For faith to have effect, it must be active. And I can tell you this. We will see God move when we trust Him. And we've already seen God move. But I don't want to just rest on what God has done in the past. I want to see what God's going to do today and tomorrow through you and through me. And to count it a privilege and an honor that God would use regular people like us to make a difference.